Welcome to our first Between the Horns of a New Year. It's week 18 in the National Football League, and as always, we are presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. I'm JB, along with senior rider Stu Jackson and DeMarco Farr, our resident Super Bowl champion. Uh, Wait, biggest... we're all champions. Come on now. I'll take you it. Got it. I'll take Come it. on, we're all champions. Let's go. I <laughs> uh, want to start with the biggest cliche in football. How is it week 18 already? We do this every time we get to this point in the year. but Unbelievable. Can you believe? Like, there's no Thursday night football tonight. That's weird, right? Crazy. What are we going to do? What are you going to do? Actually be present at home? No. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch football. I'm going to (laughs) lie. Oh, the three of us? I think Stu's the only one who lived it up on New Year's Eve. Yeah. What'd you do? You said you were were going out. What'd you do? I I, I went out uh, with some friends. And? Hosted a winning season. Yes, I did. And a playoff spot. Exactly. (laughs) I believe it. And had a great time. Uh, we were looking forward to some big stakes this week in Santa Clara. That's not going to be the case. Is it at all bittersweet? I know how you think of San Francisco 49ers. Oh, right? man. You know, I, I I want nothing more than to beat San Fran. But and look, when you've got the playoffs all locked up and you've got a chance to actually to compete for Lombardi, that is it. Everything else goes by the wayside. But there is a part of me that wants to go up there and win just to mess up their year. If I'm, I can't have a Rams victory, I'd rather have a San Francisco loss. That's I, how I feel. I hear you. But yeah. the opportunity to rip them of their one seed oh. is no longer on the table. Uh, thanks to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Rams are secured as a playoff team, either the six or the seven seed. We'll talk about whether that dynamic matters. But now, Stu, the goal is to win in Santa Clara potentially twice this month. Yeah, absolutely. A playoff seeding at stake here. So if the Rams... As long as they win, they'll, they'll keep possession of that that number six seed. But uh, a loss in a Packers win would cause the Packers to pass them up and grab the number six seed, and the Rams would then slide down to the number seven seed because Packers, from winning that game earlier this season, have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Rams. So a uh, host of other things going on as well with other games and how that you know potentially impacts who the Rams' uh, wild-card round opponent will be. All but, that seeding calculus. See, that's oh, just, let's just beat San Fran. Can we keep it simple? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I won't get into it. Blinders. Thank you. Come on. That's it. Just <laughs> yeah. one. That's it. Uh, news of the week has to do with some NFL honors, right? Pro yeah. Bowl list released. We'll dig into that. We can also make our case for sweeping the NFL Rookie of the Year honors. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to give us Kobe the- Turner. Kobe Turner. Said it again. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Right. Yeah. Uh, but why don't we start with Pro Bowl reactions? Kyron, great, deserved. Man, special. Think about this, right? This team, this franchise, has always been about the running back. When they're at their best, there is a guy that is a number one running back that's carrying them. And I hope this Kyron Williams Pro Bowl year turns into an era. Wouldn't that be fun? Think about the eras. McCutcheon era, Dickerson era, Bettis era, Falk era, Jackson, Gurley, Williams. Why not? Love it. Yeah. Puka Nakua in his debut season will be a pro bowler. We'll talk about the records that are available to him momentarily. Aaron Donald does what Aaron Donald does. That was for grant, uh, taken for granted. Um, Matthew Stafford's the one I want to focus on. Um, and I'm going to speak out both sides of my mouth here because I'm not a big Pro Bowl guy. Like, it's great yeah. for them. They get the recognition they deserve, maybe some financial incentives, whatever it is. But if retweets from November count, I'm not out. But mm. it, it doesn't mean as much to me as like an all-pro or a rookie of the year, yeah. offensive player of the year, those types of things. But where it does matter to me is if it precludes you from a bigger goal. And when Stafford arrived in Los Angeles, he didn't have a playoff win and he had one Pro Bowl to his name administratively first Stu, in the last 48 hours he's picked up two we, we find out like they went back to 2021 when he would have been an alternate he was too busy winning the super bowl and they granted him that one so now he's on three right 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, w- I was going back through his Pro Bowl history or rec- history of that recognition or just what was attached to his name and what wasn't. I couldn't quite figure it out as I was getting that article ready for when that announcement was going to happen. And I'm like, so how many does he really have? And so, yeah, like you said, that administrative note was uh, very helpful and and certainly deserved. And, and hopefully that states his case uh, a little bit better for uh you know, for that future. Uh, so let me get into the future considerations. And yeah. I haven't checked to see if his Wikipedia page is updated yet. <laughs> you know, three Pro Bowls is not going to get him into Canton. But what I didn't want to happen, you and I have talked a lot mm-hmm. about his Hall of Fame chances now, I think, bubbling to the surface again with the year he's had. Yeah. I didn't want to get five, seven, ten years down the road and someone to be in that room saying, you know, I just don't know if I can put a quarterback in the Hall of Fame who only had one or two Pro Bowl honors to his name. So I'm not saying he gets in because he's got three Pro Bowl honors now. I'm saying we can trust our eyes. We can trust his other accomplishments because we've seen two full seasons now of Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles. What do your eyes tell you? Uh, Special. One of the best to ever do it. One of the best ever. One of the best to ever do it. And whoever that guy is, if you're sitting in that room someday and you're trying to evaluate Matthew Stafford as a Hall of Famer and you're going by Pro Bowls, then I hope you get the bums rush out the door. <laughs> I hear you, but it's just nice to know. Or hearing- you just woke up from some sort of coma you've been in that you can't look beyond that and see that this guy is tremendous. So always been a fan of Matthew Stafford when the Rams had a shot back in the day, 2009. So kind of a fan uh, from afar. Then to, to see him up close, like, wow, this dude's his arm talent is for real. And then the leadership qualities, the stuff you don't get to see unbelievable he is truly special if you want to call Aaron special which he is Aaron Donald then you have to call Matthew Stafford special same thing different sides of the football has to be right so I'm glad he's getting his flowers this year and I think this year extends his runway and he's going to put up a whole bunch more great numbers and hopefully great seasons so that it's a moot point but I just don't want to be looking back saying oh you know what there there was a reason to put Matt Ryan in ahead of him or wow. on and on down the list. You know what I mean? Yeah, all due respect, right, to yeah. those guys. But, yeah, I mean, come on. You best. know what I care about more than yeah. Pro Bowls, though, are all pro honors and yeah. other NFL awards. And I'll give him a pass for now that Kevin Dotson's not a Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. I'm going to withhold my anger and frustration so long as he's an all-pro, Stu, because I know you and I will both flip some tables if he isn't. Yeah, he's been tremendous this year. I mean, when the Rams reshaped their offensive line and wanted to take on a more physical identity and also reconfigure it a little bit, to better serve the uh, gap scheme concepts that they're doing with their run game. He, he's been so incredibly impressive, just point of attack, um, you know, working to the second level. You know, Coleman Shelton tell, told me earlier this season he, he loves working in combo with Dotson and feels like they can always get movement because of the chemistry they have and the way they work together. Like just not enough accolades really or not not enough words that I can say about just the impact he's had. And also even in the past game too, I know he's graded a little bit higher depending on, you know, what metrics and evaluations he use, you know, as a run blocker, but even still in the past game, someone of his size has been important, just like Steve Avila as far as, you know, being able to anchor the the pocket and, and give Stafford a little bit more space there to work with too. Oh, no doubt. I what are his metrics, the pro football focus metrics, right? He's one of the better guards. Two as of this morning. So I, I would love to hear the argument against him not making the Pro Bowl, but I'm with you. If he's all pro, then so be it. But I I, I know what my eyes tell me. When the Rams need a yard, they run right behind Havenstein and him. Uh most of those goal line dives by Kyle uh, Kyron Williams come over that side. And when the ball is snapped on the run, he's moving people. And uh, against a good pass rush. Most of the pressure does not come over that guard. So 
uh, when you look league-wide, and I always do because who's blocking Aaron Donald? You get to know who are the other good guards. I haven't seen a guy play as good as him this season, so he should be in the Pro Bowl. I think it's the most improved unit in the National Football League, the Rams' offensive line. I think that position group has been the most critical to their success. It's made everything else possible offensively, and he has been the most outstanding among the starting five. I hope that all adds up to an all-pro before Isn't it's said it and done. He looks like he's uncomfortable when he walks. He only looks comfortable hitting people. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that weird? He likes the resistance. Yes, he needs it. Yes, that's how you know you got a good guard. Yeah. Let's get back to our rookie of the year stumping. Let's start on defense with the surging Kobe Turner. Surging only, I think, in terms of the population at large's opinion of him. We've been on that bandwagon from the very jump. Thanks to Peter Schrager for jumping on and leading that bandwagon and wearing his jersey on Good Morning Football. That was awesome. So many others have chipped in. But I'll throw this in your wheelhouse as someone who played that position. For him to be doing it next to Aaron and Donald and at times beating the goat to the quarterback to match and maybe this weekend break Aaron's rookie record for the Rams what does that say to you oh me I thought you were talking to Stu it's Stu's wheelhouse too but uh, Stu played I'm just saying <laughs> no uh, uh just tremendous and you saw this I know we're going back to draft day uh when you start to learn about Kobe Turner you know backwards like okay let me see you in college and he's in a five technique and he's playing out of a four-point stance really what's this guy going to be your Sean Robinson replacement yeah that's how we see him and then you see day one, and he's doing get-off drills next to Aaron, and he's actually moving before Aaron, and Aaron has to keep up with him. And then all of a sudden, it starts to even out. Now you're pushing each other, and then Bobby Brown's in the mix, and you start to see these guys form this little uh, this little three-man group, uh, no matter what. We've got size, we've got Aaron, we've got Kobe, and, uh, and then they start to move around. He starts to take his own reps, and he starts to win on his own. And you think, this dude is going to be special at some point, to the point where when Aaron decides to retire, this will be the guy we're talking about. He's got the right body type, long arms, and he's got the right coach. There's no reason for this guy not to be good this year. And lo and behold, here we are. Here we are we're talking about him with nine sacks, with a chance to win defensive rookie of the year, which he should. The only problem is he's playing next to Aaron. So you know what that means. You're only doing it because of him. So I hope more people take a look at this year and what he's done. It will tell you he's been the best defensive player in the game this year. I mean, if Jalen Carter is your yeah. main competition in Philadelphia, though, he's not playing next to slouches either. Yeah. And I think Kobe's production speaks for itself. But his personality takes him over the top. And if you're buying into narratives and, and career arcs or whatever, he's already got a nickname. He's got a signature celebration. And he's a wonderful dude to be around, as we've all experienced. Like, I bubbled this up again this week. The guy had to crash his high school friend's recruitment visit, Stu, just to get an FCS walk-on opportunity. Come on. What? Not only is he outperforming Jalen Carter, but like, pay this thing off with the defensive rookie of the year. Absolutely. I think you guys stated his case better than I could have. The, the only thing I would really add is just from the moment uh, I got to talk to him this summer when when he first arrived in L.A. and uh, just learning about him through the reporting I did for you know a feature I wrote on him back in July, I, I felt very strongly about the fact that, you know, with with the way he developed and who he was as a person and all those things. At some point, there uh, he was going to make it really difficult on the on the coaching staff to keep him off the field. Like that's just how I yeah. felt about his trajectory. Now, that's not to say that I thought it would be defensive rookie of the year sure. caliber, but uh, you know he certainly you know earned the right to be in that conversation. And to your point too, Demarco, about you know that case, what they what the reason that some may use against him as far as playing alongside Aaron Donald. 
you still have to know your stuff and you still have to win those matchups. Well, those are gimme sacks. Those yeah, exactly. are real sacks. Right. Yeah, he's like, winning one-on-ones. Right, yeah. So, like, for, for people who would say, oh, well, Aaron's get, he's just taking advantage of Aaron getting attention. It's like, well, he's still winning some one-on-one matchups, too. Oh, yeah. And, again, if he can't get that production unless he, he's studying and, and has a really strong work ethic and, like I said, putting the moves together to be able to take advantage of those matchups. And I remember back at the draft house how firmly Les Snead felt about Kobe Turner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Henderson is position coach. Raheem Morris is defensive coordinator. I'm happy for all of those people that contributed to that evaluation process where they ever write. All right, let's get to Puka now, his pursuit of NFL history. But let's tee up the conversation with his quarterback for this week in Week 18 and the regular season finale, Carson Wentz, well aware of the, the task on Sunday. He's a stud. Um, Puka's been a stud, you know, seeing it from afar, um, but then coming in here and seeing it up close and personal. Um, you know, he's not only a stud receiver, but when you put the ball in his hand, never would have known he could he could run like that. He's getting these end arounds and he's, you know, picking up huge plays late in games, you know, when when we're just trying to run out the clock in different scenarios. So he's been a lot of fun um, working with. I don't know if he really knows how good he is. You know, he's still a kid, um, but I think the sky's the limit for him. And it's cool that he's getting the recognition that he is. And, you know, hopefully he can get that record. All right, he needs four receptions and 29 yards to set those NFL high-water marks, respectively. His quarterback knows it. His head coach knows it. And I thought that was interesting, DeMarco, didn't you, to have Sean McVay reflect back on Todd Gurley in 2017 and resting starters in that finale and costing Todd the rushing title because of that. And it's weird, man. And it's all about team success. You want to win a Lombardi, and that should be your focus. But as you move on, you'll have that regret. Man, it was right there for you. Why not go get it? I feel the same way for Puka right now. Go ahead and get it. Get it as quick as you can, and then get him out of the game. And it's not just about him. If you're a teammate, you want to work hard so he can get it. You really do. I remember having guys chasing records and we had a punt returner that had a chance to break a record at the end of a game that didn't matter and we worked our butts off on defense to get one more stop so he could have a shot at it so it's more than just puka going after it it's a bunch of guys that want to see him get it done so i hope it happens i hope it happens in the flow of a win but either way at some point you'll never be this close again that record stood for how long 60 some odd years might as well go ahead and get it so he needs 11 yards for jamar chase's modern record which I think to me matters a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's tough to overlook what Bill Groman did in 14 games, 14 games in 1960, but that's the 29 yards. And look, they extended the the MLB season too, right? And that home run record now stands up. So yeah. I, I'm fine with it. But um, secondary to those pursuits, I would say he's got the fourth most receiving yards this season. Hill, Lamb, Brown ahead of him. Wow. If Dallas takes care of Washington in the early window, A.J. Brown may not play for Philadelphia, and then Puka can finish solidly in third place in the league in receiving yards as a rookie. That's worth it to me. Absolutely. He, he's been tremendous this year. I mean, he's really soaked up all the knowledge that Cooper Cup has given him, that Matthew Stafford's given him. And for somebody who was also a fifth-round pick, to and I want to say he was the 20th receiver taken in this year's draft <laughs> to be uh, putting up those numbers. I mean, and to like, to have this candidacy is just absolutely nuts. But again, a credit to the work that he's put in and, and the teammates he's been able to lean on and their willingness to share that knowledge and information and, and put him in a great position to succeed. What you can't control is how CJ Stroud plays this weekend. Yep. If he goes ballistic, leads Houston to the playoffs, will that be tough to overcome? I don't know. But 
Puka is one of one, as we like to say around here, right? So hope it pays off with an NFL offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> Quarterbacks, see? <laughs> all the glory. <laughs> um, all right, so that's kind of the individual portion of our program. Yeah. Stu, you touched on some of the scenarios a bit here. I'll just reiterate them. Win for the sixth seed, Chicago beating Green Bay for the yep. sixth seed. Your opponent most likely either Dallas or Detroit. Outside shot at Philadelphia, my question to you can you prioritize that? Does it matter if you're in Sean McVay's shoes or even if you're you're in your own shoes? Do you have a, a lean in terms of who you'd like to see next weekend? Uh, well, I mean, for the fun of it, you know where I'd like to see this season go. I think we're all on the same Matthew page Matthew back in Motown? Oh, my God. Come Absolutely. On. I mean, that would be the dream matchup. I bet the NFL would want to have that. You know, think about that. He has to go back to Detroit to get a win and... Think about the coin toss, and they send Jared out there, and both of those guys shake hands at midfield. Come on, man. This is what we live for. I hope that happens. But that being said, to me, it does not matter. It just who you line up with is who you line up with, and you've got three or four more victories to call this a winning season. What about the element of if you're the six? I'm not trying to dodge San Francisco at all. There's nothing I want more in this moment of football time than that divisional round trip to Santa Clara. But – there's a slim chance you wouldn't have to be that team to go there to face the one seed if you do get the six, because could Green Bay go to Dallas and beat the Cowboys? I, I think so. The way the Packers are playing, why not account for that slim possibility? Well, I, I know Jordan Love has been playing really well late in the season after some you know early season struggles. The, the Packers seem to have figured things out offensively in terms of not only getting him on the right track, but really just that unit as a whole as far as the things that you know head coach Matt LaFleur and his staff have done. And so... We'll see what happens, but uh, I, I certainly think there's a possibility of it. Something yeah. happened in Green Bay that week, right? It happened for the Rams. They turned around oh. after that week, and Green Bay turned around after that week. I am wow. so yeah. sick of being there. You turn. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that's for another day. Crazy. Wow. And I do want to keep the possibility of hosting the first 6-7 NFC Championship game at uh, SoFi Stadium. Open. Awesome. I want to keep that on the table yeah. as well. All right, we've gone far enough without hearing from the head coach. Here is Sean McVay on all those dynamics and more. I think what you want to understand, Greg, is, all right, are any of these guys potentially affected from some incentives? You know, Matthew's played long enough. He's had so much success and, and earned all the accolades and the credit that he gets. But I think he understands the big picture, as does an Aaron and a Cooper and, um, you know, these guys that have played a lot of football. And so uh, I think they understood the approach. You know, you always talk through those things with those guys, but you are mindful of, all right, are there potential incentives? You know, going back to even 2017, my first year here, um, when it was kind of, all right, you might be the three or the four, you know, and we felt like resting some guys, you know, the thing that was unfortunate is Todd was the leading rusher in the league. Kareem Hunt gets one carry. They get him out that, you know, so you're cognizant of all of those things and you try to manage it the best that you can. But um, Matthew was great about it. He, he understood, you know, these guys all want to play. Um, and that's the best thing about it. And then I think when you explain to them what my thought process and our thought process as coaches was, um, they're totally supportive. And, and we got to still have a really good week of preparation. This isn't like a preseason game. This is, hey, we got to take steps in the right direction. Um, the guys that are playing need to be ready to go and, and understand, you know, that it is about continuously improving. And then ultimately those guys that aren't do a great job leading, continuing to prepare and then being ready to go when the uh, wild card comes around. All right, Sean McVay giving us a little bit of a look behind the scenes in terms of his thought process for Week 18 and the trip to face the 49ers. Sam Darnold against Carson Wentz. Try explaining that to your 2018 self. Good luck. I, I'm asleep. Did he really just say that? Wow. 
Unreal. I look. I, I I for one cannot wait to see Carson Wentz live in a Rams uniform. Like you see him on the sideline, you see he's engaged, you see he's a big unit. I can't wait to see what he looks like on the field because I do remember the last time we saw him here when he was at the Coliseum when he was on his MVP run. He really did change the league. Mm-hmm. Big, strong, mobile quarterbacks were on their way in, and he was at the top of it. So. If he can still play like that, that's going to be special to watch. And it also sets up one heck of an offseason. Sean being more transparent than his counterpart in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, at least so far, who says no Purdy, no McCaffrey. But other than that, we're not sure who will and who won't for San Francisco yet. It's due to what we have this right. Note Boom and Higby down due to injury. Stafford, Williams, Cup, Donald Jones held back for preservation for the wild card round. Correct. Yep. So you can only elevate two from the practice squad mm-hmm. without signing them to the active roster. So if you've got 53 to start, plus two practice squad, that's 55, minus the seven we just listed, that's your 48 active on game day. So I get what oh. Sean's saying in terms of this is not the preseason in terms of the options available to you to rest, for instance, your offensive line in this moment in time. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think some of the discourse about this you know, potentially looking or feeling like a preseason game at least to me, doesn't feel entirely fair just because, again, like you mentioned, so far 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan has only said that McCaffrey and Purdy are the ones who are going to be sitting. The Rams are going to have are scheduled to have their full offensive line, uh, at least based on what Sean McVay said this week, So, which is obviously going to be a benefit to Carson Wentz playing behind that group. And so, again, assuming that's just those two for the, for the Niners, Purdy and McCaffrey, they'll be going against – the the regular starters for San Francisco's defense and so uh, lots of different elements there where yes some of the some of the more notable names are aren't gonna be you know up mm-hmm. but nonetheless there there's still plenty of intrigue and, and interest in this there should be plenty of intrigue and interest in this game and that makes sense I mean if you want to split the roster up if you had to you want to protect your offensive guys more than your defense you want to keep them rolling when you talk about is the rest versus rust mm-hmm. uh, where do give, you come down on that give the offense the rest if especially if you have an older group give them the rest so be it but you want to keep your defense hungry and active so you can give them the reps let them start take them out in the third quarter. But the offensive guys, the Matthew Staffords, the special guys, the Christian McCaffreys, there's no way I'm giving you free shots at a game that doesn't matter. I Defensively, do, let Aaron eat. Absolutely. I or do whoever. think yeah. the fact that Sean is comparing it to the preseason yeah. does give you a glimpse inside his mind in terms of how this game shapes up for him, right? Sure. And part of his thinking has to be if the larger goal is to get back to Santa Clara later this month, then why give them any glimpse of what that game plan might look like? Absolutely. Like, yeah, you're playing some starters. Yes, you're playing Carson Wentz. Yes, you want to win this game, but I want to win it with wing T and swinging gate and triple option and everything. <laughs> like, I, I want them to have to tackle <laughs> yeah. Royce Freeman 30 times. I don't want them to get any preview into what's coming if that game should happen. If you line up in a wing T, yeah, I mean, will I'm fire being you. facetious. <laughs> no, but- no, no, I got you. No, I, I'm with you. I would run the same game plan. I see you. I would give them a full dose, a full dose of Royce Freeman. Go ahead and tackle this guy. I'm sure he might be a little upset right now because he's not taking a lot of carries. He's going to be motivated just like Carson Wentz. I get you. But it's a weird situation for any coach to be when you're trying to win and you're trying to also protect your best assets at the same time. It's a weird situation, but it's a champagne problem to have at this point. Uh, you asked Carson Wentz, I believe, if he's aware of the Baker Mayfield dynamic going back to just one calendar year. What was his answer to that thought? 
Yeah, he he said that really he's just trying to put his best foot forward for the team, and he certainly saw what Baker did last year and, and is aware of it. But uh, more than anything, he's he's just trying to uh, you know help the Rams come away with a, a win this Sunday. But it was at the top of mind for me because you know knowing what his situation is and again the the circumstances for the team itself were obviously much different late last season compared to obviously this season, but you know, what Baker was able to do and, and how that set him up in the off season oh. was, 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 you know, that seemed like that was a pretty big deal for him or, or I, to me, it, it, it felt like it did a lot for him. And so for Carson, I feel like that, that could potentially be the same case here where, you know, even with the answer he gave, like I mentioned, there's still enough in terms of personnel with like who the 49ers are going to be playing and who who's going to be available for the Rams that he still has a chance to, you know, put some good game tape out there oh. from this game. Is that the dynamic? Play well, move on. Is I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak that dynamic into existence. But, but that's the dynamic. Okay, play well here, get a starting job someplace else. I mean, either way, it still works out. I mean, you're hoping for the best wins you can possibly get for the Rams, right? Put it this way. Yeah, but exactly. he's also putting good tape out there for other yeah. teams. If I he get goes you. out there and puts right. forty on the San Francisco 49ers yeah. and gets you to ten wins. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you in a new helmet next year. Firm buddy. handshake. Yes, yeah. sir. Absolutely. Right. There are some other guys, though, who I think will get bigger chances potentially in this game who might factor into the Rams postseason run as short or long as it becomes. I'm talking about Trey Tomlinson, full on the practice report with his hamstring injury. Duke Shelley back from injured reserve, hamstring as well. Uh, Davis Allen could get more work mm. with Tyler Higby down. Tutu Atwell could probably use a few routes and touches, maybe even a hit or two. Yeah, I'm not down on him yet. I'm not finished with him yet. There's going to be something to be said about him coming up soon. Yeah. And if Brett Maher were to go three for three with a few extra points on that plane surface, I think that would be good for the potential future as well. Don't you think that's most important? That would be top of list. Week 18, we've got to get that done. Be letter perfect in, in teams, special teams this week. Well, it's kind of where I'm going next. Okay. You want to just jump right there? Yeah. So normally at the end of our show here, we do keys to victory. And I'm not saying we can't do keys to victory and beating the 49ers here in week 18, but I thought we would just kind of broaden our perspective a little bit and say, now that it's a new year, a bit like last year's New Year's resolutions, what are the keys to facing San Francisco a second time? What has to go right for the Rams between now and a potential rematch with the 49ers later this month? Okay. You start with the kicking game. So regardless of outcome, and you know how – that bothers me because it's 49er week. You want to win, right? So, But regardless of outcome, even if they outscore you and defensively you don't play well, whatever, you have to win the kicking game, period. That means more than anything than for this week. You have to sew that up. It, w- meaning if you trot out your place kicker, he's got to make it. It's got to be a good snap, good hold, good kick, good everything. You've got to be able to cover. So no matter what happens, you have to win the kicking game this week versus San Fran if you want to see them again down the line. So I think that's got to be job number one coming out of Santa Clara. Sorry, I was just thinking about yeah. like the nine Pro Bowlers the 49ers had. And I know I said I didn't care about Pro Bowl, so I'm not sure why <laughs> I'm so hung up on it. <laughs> yeah. But their specialists are great too. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that all nine of those Pro Bowlers get to participate in the Pro Bowl games in Las Vegas. That's my new goal for the Rams in 2024. All nine of their guys? Yes. 
get to participate knocking them out i <laughs> love how he does that see yeah yeah that was good sorry M. night Shyamalan <laughs> sorry <laughs> so you took kicking game with, yeah. with your key Stu. uh the question was key to facing san francisco not once but twice in january well since demarco covered special teams i'll go with another phase and i'll go defense i think capping explosives no matter what okay. the personnel is as far as run game who who the targets are for sam darnold in the passing game yeah. what have you um, you know, they've always been able to generate those plays. And like I said, in the run game or in the pass game, uh, especially from a yards after the catch standpoint with the personnel they have on their offense. And so if, if nothing else for just a confidence boost for, for a young defense, mm-hmm. uh, but especially if you end up potentially, like you said, seeing the 49ers again, in the postseason, that to me should be goal number one, or as far as just limiting those as much as possible, and and ensuring that that doesn't have an impact on the game. I'm with you. And that plays whether it's like you go to Dallas, you better sit over the top of explosives, make sure CD mm-hmm. Lamb doesn't get his, Brandon Cooks, and on and on and on. I was thinking of two fundamental things, one on each side of the football, mm-hmm. tackling. Right, big time. And on special teams too, since that was reared its ugly head again last week in New York. And then on offense, we said it during New Year's resolutions, but drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ties into kicking too. Like I think about McVay going for it on that first drive on fourth down in the Meadowlands, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think they need to continue to be ruthlessly aggressive on fourth down, given the state of the kicking game and given the state of their offense, quite frankly. But when you do go for it and and Matthew Stafford puts it on the back thigh pad of Puka Nakua to protect him, you got to make that catch to make sure that that drive stays alive and you don't have to trot your defense or your field goal unit out there. And then at the team level, what is it, three weeks in a row now? You've had wire-to-wire victories. You have not trailed. And yet the fourth quarter of every single one of those games has been dicey. Let's face it. You're not going to see the Giants from this point forward. The Saints, no. The Commanders, no. If you open the door to a fourth quarter comeback from this point forward, your next trip is to Cabo. Yeah, it could end you, no doubt. But at least when in those situations where it's it became thrilling at the end, there's no better training than that when you're living on the edge and you're close to, you know, falling off and you find a way. He says it every Monday. Uh, you develop that grit. So when you do get in these matchups in Detroit, in in Dallas, in San Francisco this week, uh, you're not going to blink when it gets tight in the fourth quarters. But I, I, I would love it if they figured out how to finish a little bit better. This All right, so good yeah. news is your hands team has been tested. Yes. Let's just make sure they don't have to do any heavy lifting moving forward. <laughs> They've got experience, but we don't need you today. How about that? Yeah. Or you can look at it out the other way, that the more your hands team is on the field in the postseason, the better. This is true. This is true. Final thoughts before we uh, kick it back? Uh, just interesting, man. I mean, um, who to thunk it, right? Here we are uh, talking about the playoffs. Here we are talking about Carson Wentz is going to start the end of the year. Wow. Um, the one thing we can all say about all this this year is, man, can that guy coach Sean McVay? Yeah. So I guess all the talk about him going bye bye um, is bye bye. Uh, this is what he does. This is what he loves to do. And here we are again, moving into the post. How great was that on the coaches show when we let him know that he's now, you know, within striking distance of the most regular season wins? Yeah. And what, what did he say? He said, how many? <laughs> how many do I need immediately? I love it. Yeah, my guy. Stu, how are you going to wrap up the week? I think once the playoff spot was clinched, I went back to what Sean McVay said. I believe it was at the beginning of OTAs. It was one of the first team meetings that – you know, this was obviously captured and I think it was the first episode of Behind the Grind this year mm. where he was speaking in front of the team and he was very transparent about 
look, we've had to make a lot of discipline decisions and, and this is what the roster looks right and like right now was just very honest about all of that and spoke to how he felt about the group and basically said, you know, eventually like, how can you not know about, you know, how did you not know about this player emerging or, or somebody mm-hmm. like breaking out or coming through? I'm paraphrasing that part a little bit, but, um, basically as, as a challenge, like, look, this is this is the this is the, you know the team we have, but I I have the belief in this group that you know we have guys who can step up and and challenge external expectations and and potentially do something special. And when you've seen guys like Kobe, uh, Puka, Kevin Dotson, the list could go on. You know, kind of emerging and and playing a part in bringing that to life. Uh, to me, that's something that's been really special about this group achieving what they have to this point. Mm. I guess seeing that come to fruition, basically. Yeah, well said. All right, well, our last regular season edition of Between the Horns, but the great news is we will see you again next week and hopefully all the way through until February. For Stu Jackson, for DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Between the Horns. As always, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. Next stop, the South Bay, Santa Clara, Levi Stadium. Still not paying to see my mouth. <laughs> <laughs>